good evening. It's certainly a, a blessing to be here with y'all. Uh, we have, I, know, I guess, known several of y'all for a lot of years, haven't we? Uh, off and on through the years, and, and uh, we've been over here for fellowship meetings. And uh, you know, you, you like Brother Stone said, you just never know what God's going to do. Uh, the important thing is to be willing to do what God tells you to do. Uh, I was uh, pastor at Northwest Baptist for two, for six and a half years. Um, and it was an amazing thing to me. Uh, if somebody had ever told me that I would be Brother Lester Hudson's pastor, I would have told them they were crazy. Uh, but that's what happened. Uh, Brother Lester came to our church, and, uh, you know, uh, when you get a, a good man of God in your church, you put him to work. And so that's what we did. We called him as associate pastor and uh, also put him in charge of our mission program over at Northwest. Uh, if you know Brother Lester very well at all, you know that he has a great heart for missions. Uh, he loves missions and missionaries and, and certainly loves lost souls, doesn't he? Um, anyway, we began to, to do well. Uh, first Sunday at Northwest, we had uh, 36. Uh, the church had gone down some with, with Brother Lanier being sick. Uh, and he had that cancer for quite a while. Um, but the Lord began to bless and the church began to grow. And to come back up, and, and then, of course, we got a, a big influx of folks from Berean Baptist. Um, and we began to do well uh, numerically and uh, financially. And so Brother Lester recommended that I begin to go to mission fields to see our missionaries, to be a blessing to them. Um, our missions conference in the January, uh, before I made the decision where to go, uh, we had Brother Robert Creech and Brother Cristobal Yanez at our church. And I was telling them that I was fixing to start going on mission trips. And uh, Brother Robert said, well, Brother Tim, why don't you come to Panama first and visit with us? And so I made plans. And uh, the next February, I flew down to Panama and spent two weeks in Panama with Brother Creech um, and Brother Yanez and, and the other pastors and missionaries there because there's quite a few folks there doing the Lord's work. Uh, if you're familiar with me and, and my family, you know that when I was four years old, uh, we went to Peru, and Dad was a missionary there for about three and a half years. We came home for my sister to be born, and when we headed back to, or were going to head back to Peru, they had closed Peru to missionaries. And so later on, we went to Puerto Rico. So I was raised in Spanish. I speak fluent Spanish already, and uh, I'm very much at home with Hispanic people and the culture and everything. And so... When I went to Panama, uh, Brother Creech took me all over Panama, and I preached all over the place, and uh, we had services up even uh, during the week uh, at different places. Uh, we went up into the mountains and to the Indian village and uh, several Indian villages, and uh, brethren, i just tell you, I fell in love with Panama, and I fell in love with the Panamanian people. The Panamanian people are very sweet and special people. Uh, even those that don't know Christ as their Savior or have a very loving heart and a, and a very friendly spirit. Uh, and it seems like that God has just really opened Panama up for the gospel um, and do a mighty work there. Uh, you know, it's always exciting when you see God uh, doing a great work, isn't it? Uh, and certainly we know it's, it's, we're just his servants uh, to, to labor for the Lord. But brethren, if work is done, it's going to be the Lord that does it. But anyway, uh, unlike some missionaries, you know, some missionaries, when God calls them to a field, it scares them to death. 
they think, no, certainly, Lord, you don't want me there. And uh, In my case, having grown up on the mission field and in, in Spanish-speaking countries, uh, my condition was that I was more concerned, is this God or is it me? Uh, I didn't want to call myself to the field because that didn't work. And so I began to pray about it, and I found myself looking at the pictures a lot that I had taken while I was in Panama and, and thinking about the work there. And, uh, and I thought, well, you know, next year I'm supposed to go uh, down to Ecuador and visit Brother Michael Lee. And if I feel the same way in Ecuador as I feel in Panama, then I'll know it's just being back in Spanish language and with Spanish people. And I was telling Brother Robert that I was going to be going to Ecuador, and Brother Robert and Brother Cristobal and Brother Michael Lee are all out of the same church in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, and so Brother Robert said, Well, Brother Tim, why don't you come back to Panama next year for one week and, and preach the meeting at Cañasas again, uh, and then we'll go with you to Ecuador. Well, I was excited about going back to Panama anyway, so I took him up on that. Uh, and when I got to Ecuador, I did love the people. I did love Ecuador. Uh, but I was still thinking about Panama and had a desire to get back to Panama and to be in Panama. And so when I got back to Panama, I told Brother Robert Creech then uh, that I thought maybe God was calling me as a missionary to Panama and asking him to begin praying for me. And so I continued praying about it. And uh, this, a year ago in January, we had our missions conference. Our theme that year was starting a work from scratch. And so the whole time we were talking about starting a work from scratch, I'm squirming in my seat and thinking about Panama and how to start a work in Panama, uh, you know, like you do when the Lord gets a hold of you. And I had been praying, Lord, I need to know before I tell my wife that I'm going to take her away from her grandkids and uh, away from her home and, and uh, take her to a foreign country, I need to know this is you and not me. And so during the mission conference, um, Brother Lester, having been put over the mission conference, I, I put him in charge of taking care of everything. I'd get up and introduce everybody and then turn it over to to Brother uh, Hudson, uh, and that evening on Sunday night, the last night of the conference, Brother Lester got up and prayed a prayer that he's never prayed before. He prayed, Lord, raise up a missionary right from our own church that we can sponsor and send to the field. Uh, you know, you just don't get a much clearer answer than that, do you, from the Lord? And I knew right then that God had called me and my wife as missionaries to Panama. And so I told my wife, and uh, she, she was, you know, my wife is, is always ready to follow what God has for us. Uh, but being a grandma, you know, it's not easy to just say goodbye to your grandkids and your kids. Uh, Y'all know what we're talking about. Um, and it, also, she'd never lived in a foreign country, so it was a little bit harder for her. Uh, but, you know, brethren, we began to, to, we surrendered to Panama. We told the church about it in March. Uh, and we began to liquidate everything. We got rid of everything we owned. Uh, sold our house. We'd never owned a house before. That's the first one, and uh, we sold the house. Uh, we got rid of everything that was standing in our way of doing what God called us to do. And every step of the way, God blessed us and showed us that uh, this was His will for our lives. Brother, when you know what God's will is, you can go full speed ahead, can't you, and follow Him. And so uh, God called us to Panama, and we're on deputation to get there. And if we could now, brother, show that uh, video. Thank you. In February 2014, my church sent me to Panama to see the work that was going on with Robert Creech and Cristobal Yanez, also to be an encouragement to them. Because I was fluent in Spanish, I was able to preach at churches and mission works all over Panama. I got to know the people and to love them. 
I felt very much at home, and when I returned to the United States, I missed Panama very much and spent time looking at the pictures I had taken and having a great desire to be there with them. The brethren have done a wonderful work in Panama, and the gospel has spread across the nation. I became burdened when I was in Panama for the city of Panama, which is a very large city, having grown now to nearly two million people in the metropolis area. There are a total of about four million in the entire nation, so nearly half of the population lives in Panama City. The city is situated on the Gulf of Panama on the Pacific Ocean. It is a fairly modern city, even though it is in a third world country. As you can see from the video of the city, it has many skyscrapers. At the end of this video, you may have recognized Brother Robert Creech. Our plan is to work somewhat with him and Brother Cristobal Yanez for them to help us in the work in Panama City and us to help them in their works. We praise God that Panama is very open to the gospel at this time. There have been many saved. On my first trip to Panama, in the two weeks that I was there, we saw six souls saved. Our desire is to see people saved in the Panama City area and to disciple them so that we can see a church established and leave it in the hands of a Panamanian pastor. We are praying that God will give us some men to teach and to train for the gospel ministry in Panama and that we will see them go out and start churches for the honor and glory of the Lord in the city of Panama and across Panama. Panama City has a fairly good road system which includes modern toll roads. With the great growth of the city, there is a real traffic problem though. At certain times of the day, traffic comes to a standstill throughout the city. Although they have built roads to go around a lot of this, going through the city itself is the same nightmare we experience here in our major cities like Houston. Panama City is a city that is still growing and expanding. As we see in this photo, there are many new construction projects going on currently in the city. We see here pictures of the fishing fleet that brings fresh fish to the fish market. Panamanians are very family oriented and there are some swings built here under a bridge for the kids in a public area. They are also very patriotic and proud of their country. Panama is known greatly for the Panama Canal. The United States built it, but officially turned it over to Panama on December 31, 1999. The canal generates quite a bit of income and jobs for the Panamanians. Panama City also has a very large and modern mall, as you can see here by the man on the Segway. At the same time, we see the old mixed in with the new, with the native Indian of the Buglene tribe in her tribal dress. This mall would please all of the ladies. It has many stores from the U.S. in it, as well as Panamanian stores, and it is air-conditioned. They have a very large food court, which is on two floors and has many food companies from the U.S., such as Arby's, McDonald's, and others. We see an example here of one such company, which is Cinnabon. This next video was taken from a mountain near the city. It gives you an idea of not only the size of the city itself, but also of all the houses and people that are scattered around it. This doesn't cover all of it, but it gives us a pretty good idea of the size of the area. What you're seeing in the background that looks like hills or small mountains are actually islands in the Gulf of Panama. When you look up close at the housing, you can see that they're generally crowded in close to each other and many times right up the hillsides. There are also some new cookie cutter housing areas going in. As I said before, this whole area is growing quickly. Brother Robert and I looked at a middle class neighborhood called Brisas de Golf or Golf Brisas as one possible place to start a work. This is in the northeastern area of the city, out toward the airport. It has a housing area and also some commercial areas in it. Some of the sections are dead-end streets with a gate. This young man is a delivery driver for some company. They use bicycles or motorcycles many times to deliver pizzas or other foods, and some vendors will just push a cart up the street like this man selling ice cream. 
You can see from the pictures that these houses are all swing close to each other. Some of the houses are kind of plain and some are nicer houses. To the northern part of the city is an area where many working class people live. Here we see an example of an apartment complex. This is a very congested area as you can see by the traffic where many people live. This is the area where I feel the Lord would have us to begin our work. One of the things that I plan to use in Panama is the fact that so many people walk where they are going because they don't have a car. Many use the public transportation system, which we will get a look at a little later in our presentation. My plan is to distribute a correspondence course on the streets in this area to start with, along with a gospel track that I wrote. I spoke with Brother Lester Hudson and got his permission to turn his basic Bible truths sixth lesson in home study, which has been used by many churches to win the lost, into a Spanish correspondence course that I can use in Panama. I will begin with the track in the first course and see if there's a response. Those who respond, I will take the second course to and try to get into their lives and win them to Christ. Once they have gone through all six lessons, I will begin a discipleship course with them. The object is to win some for Christ and begin a work in this area. I am asking God for men who will be interested in deeper studies that hopefully God can call to preach and they can in turn go out to their own people. This elevated section you see here is the only rail transportation in the city. It runs from the mall to this north part of town we are looking at. In Panama you also see many street vendors trying to make a living selling their wares in the traffic. Some sell food and others sell electronic goods or things for electronics. In this picture we see a man selling avocados. One of the areas in which God has blessed in Panama for the gospel's sake is in the schools. Brother Cristobal Yanez wrote a series of books for all the different ages called Learning with Jesus. The government is allowing him to put these books into the public schools at his own expense. Many of the private schools, like the one we see here, are actually buying some of the books to get them into the classrooms. Children in the Panamanian schools are reading about Jesus and memorizing scriptures in school. Praise God! One of the schools they are about to put their books into is in this northern area of Panama City. Brother Robert mentioned that this could be used to identify us and where we stand when we begin to work in this area. Just off the main road and in this area, all up and down it, there are houses and people who need Christ. You can see that there are businesses and houses scattered all through here where there is a great need. We need to see churches spring up through this area with Panamanian pastors. Certainly it will take time and our burden is to get there as quickly as possible to begin the process of winning these people to Christ. Somewhere in this area, Brother Robert tells me, Brother Demetrio's son lives. Brother Demetrio is a man who lives in a small village in the mountains called El Peru, in a mud hut with no electricity. Brother Demetrio and his wife used to walk an hour crossing a small river to a village where Cristobal had the beginnings of a work. He would then walk one hour home in the dark with his wife and grandson. Since then he has allowed Cristobal to build a small church building on his property in this clearing where he used to hold open air services and begin to work there. Because of this, his son, who again lives in this northern area of Panama City, has shown more interest in God and in church. Hopefully, we will be able to contact him and work with him to help bring a work to this area. There is house after house in this area where Christ is needed, where souls are lost because they have never understood about Jesus and the salvation full and free he offers them if they will just believe in his finished work on the cross. There are certainly other religions in Panama, such as the Pentecostals, which we see here. The Catholics have a strong presence in Panama that we see in this neighborhood dedicated to St. Monica, whom they are asking to watch over their families. A working class neighborhood where there are poorer houses and nicer houses mixed together. 
one of these neighborhoods that is built right on the hillsides, as we can see from this picture at the bottom of the hill and then at the top. Everyone is going somewhere in Panama. We see at the mall this man hailing a taxi. We also see the main terminal for the buses and for the train running to the north of the city. They go from here to every part of Panama City, but also to other cities on the buses. It is a very busy hub with people going everywhere. We again see the new mixed in with the old as we see here a Kuna Indian in a traditional dress. Whether they are taking the new train or going by one of the many buses, they are all going somewhere. My great concern for them is, where are they going after this life? They all seem to have their direction figured out for here on this earth, but what about their direction for eternity? We are asking you to partner with us to bring the gospel in the direction of eternal life with God to the people of Panama. We certainly covet your support and prayer for us to get there quickly and to begin our work. We also ask you to consider partnering with us financially in order for us to be able to get to the field and to stay there to do the work of our great God in Panama. Man. Well, every time I see that, I, I just want to be there even more. <laughs> um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the books and what God's doing in schools. I think y'all know about that because Brother Robert was just here with Brother Cristobal recently. Uh, but Brethren Panama is, is really open to the gospel. Um, people have a great curiosity. Uh, Panama is transitioning or trying to transition basically from third world into a more modern country. And so the people there have a great curiosity. Uh, and they have that same curiosity toward God and toward the things of God. And so we're hoping to take advantage of that. Uh, I mentioned that we're going to be using the basic Bible truths. Uh, I'm, it's already been translated into Spanish before, but what I'm doing is translating it into a, a correspondence course instead of a teaching course because it's set up to use as a teaching course. And what I want to do is change, uh, convert it into six separate lessons that I can take the first one uh, and hand it out on the streets and then... Uh, Panama doesn't have a postal system like we do. Uh, in Panama, if you want to get mail, you have to have a post office box. They don't have door-to-door -door delivery. Uh, and so this will give me a chance, uh, other than sending it electronically, which some people would, would be able to do that, but it will give me a chance to go and meet people and, and get into their lives uh, and give them the next course and maybe talk to them about the Lord face-to-face. Uh, -face. And, and so this is our plan uh, for Panama, and I'm excited. I tell you, I, I just can't wait to get there. Uh, I know deputation is, is uh, a necessity. You have to raise the money to be able to be there, uh, but we're praying that God will get us there as quickly as possible. Uh, there's a great need in Panama. There's a lot of lost folks there, uh, but there's a great uh, openness to the gospel. And so we want to get there and take advantage of that while it is open uh, to the gospel and see folks saved for the Lord. Uh, I love the vision that Robert and the rest of the, the preachers and missionaries have in Panama. Uh, you know, here a lot of times we have a, a vision to win our city for the Lord. Their vision is to win Panama for the Lord. Uh, and they're serious about doing that and about getting the gospel to all parts of Panama. And so I'm excited. I, I feel like God has, has specially blessed me uh, to allow me to go and serve him uh, there in Panama. Uh, somebody asked me one time, well, you know, aren't there a lot of lost souls in Houston to be won? And yes, there are. Uh, but God has made me responsible for these in Panama City, in Panama area. And, and so our desire is to be there 
and to begin the work that God has called us to do. All right. Um, does anybody have any questions? Yes, sir. Uh, no, I'm not just going to be working in Panama City. I'm going to be working uh, also with Brother Robert and Brother Cristobal and some other pastors and missionaries in other places. Uh, my primary work is going to be in Panama City, uh, but we're going to we're going to help wherever the need is and, and wherever we can get to. Anyone else? All right, I I presented the work at one church. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 14 tonight for just a few moments. Presented to work at one church, and the pastor told them before we started that uh, if they asked enough questions, I wouldn't preach. So they asked questions right up to quitting time, Brother Stone. <laughs> All right, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. It's one of my uh, favorite passages of Scripture. I have a lot of them, but this is one of them. The Word of God says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you tonight for the privilege to gather in your house. Father, to be with your people. And Father, we thank you for so many blessings that you poured out upon us, most especially for Jesus and salvation full and free by faith in his shed blood on the cross of Calvary. And Father, we're so glad that you loved us and so glad that you do love us and so glad that you not only saved us but made us to become the sons of the living God. And Father, we look forward to the home that we have prepared for us up in heaven. But, Father, we pray that you might use us while we're here on this earth, that we might win souls, Father, that we might take many people with us when we go. And Lord, that we might be faithful testimonies for you and, and show folks what it means to be a Christian. And Father, we thank you for the Lakeway Baptist Church and her pastor and for all of the folks here who've served you faithfully for many years. And pray that you continue to bless them and strengthen them for your work. Father, we do pray for your blessing in our life and pray that you might help us to raise the money we need to get to Panama soon. Father, be with the message tonight that it might not be my words that are spoken, but they might be yours and that all that is said and done might bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, when I look at this passage of Scripture, the first thing I see here is that we have a great God. You know, I think sometimes we forget how great our God really is. Uh, People belittle God a lot, and I'm not talking about Christians, but I'm talking about the world. Uh, they put him down. They talk like we're crazy people. They talk like we're just superstitious and, and ignorant people. Uh, but brethren, we serve the God who created all things. We serve the God who was able to speak 
and bring into existence from nothing everything that we know. Uh, and we have a God that was still God while he was here on this earth. Uh, you know, when, when Jesus stayed behind, I've often wondered what the apostles thought. You know, the Lord says, get in the ship, go to the other side, and, and I'll meet you there. And how was he going to get there <laughs> if he stayed behind? Uh, you know, brethren, we don't always understand everything that God is doing, uh, but it's okay because God does. And he knows exactly what he's doing. He had a plan, didn't he? Uh, not only did he have a plan to get to the ship, but he had a plan uh, for the apostles also that night. And so we see the Lord uh, waits until the darkest part of the night, and then he decides to go to the ship that's out there now in the midst of the sea. And the Bible says wind was contrary. The waves were up. Um, you know, if you were going to try and walk on water, which we can't, but if I was going to try it, the first thing I'd want is daylight, wouldn't you? The second thing I'd want is a day that's so calm that there's not even a breeze stirring where the water just looks like a mirror. Uh, and I'd still drown myself. But you know, brethren, Things that are great obstacles for us are small things for God. And what we find is the Lord going straight to the ship that was in the midst of the water. Now, if you've ever stood on the, uh, the banks of a sea or something like that at night, you'll know that you couldn't see where that boat was at. And we think about, well, how did Jesus find it? Well, Jesus didn't lose it to start with. Uh, the Bible teaches us that God is everywhere present at the same time. Even though he physically was there on the shore, he was with the apostles in the boat. He knew exactly where the boat was at. And so the Lord in the dark begins to walk on the waves with the wind. Now think about that. Even if it was solid, how good would we do walking on something with waves and a big wind blowing? I mean, waves are bad enough, but now you've got the wind blowing you off balance Brethren, this is the God that we serve. And, and things that we think are big deals to him are just small things. And we have to remember that. Because too many times uh, we start to think about what we can do. And brethren, the truth is what we can do is very small. But what God can do is very great, isn't it? And so we see the Lord goes to the disciples walking on the water. And the, the boat was in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. And so he comes to them right as it was beginning to break day. And we know that because they saw him coming to them across the water. Uh, the Bible says that they were afraid. They thought it was a ghost or some kind of spirit. Uh, and, and everybody knows there's no such thing as ghost, right? But what would you think if you saw something coming across the water like that? Uh, you know, brethren, there's some things that are hard for us to understand, aren't there? Uh, some things that just don't make sense to us uh, mentally. Uh, and again, it's okay because God knows what's going on, doesn't he? And so the Bible says they were afraid. And I like this about the Lord. The Bible says they cried out for fear. But, but Jesus immediately says, fear not. Be not afraid. But you know, I've looked in the scriptures. God says that over and over and over, doesn't he? Fear not. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. Uh, you know, we are fearful people, aren't we? Because we know that we are weak in the flesh, and we're not able to do great things like God is able to do. But one of the things we have to notice is that when God is there, we shouldn't have any fear. 
And when is God there? Well, my Bible says that he has promised I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so if God is always there, we really don't ever have a reason to be afraid. But still we are, because we are human and weak. And so I find it interesting what happens next. Uh, because Peter is in a boat watching the Lord come. You know, I can see myself in the same boat. Uh, and I thought about this a lot. And, and I, I can see myself sitting in that boat watching the Lord come with my jaw hanging down thinking, wow, <laughs> look what Jesus is doing. But you know, there was something about Simon Peter. Peter loved the Lord with all of his heart. Brother, we ought to love the Lord with all of our heart, shouldn't we? Peter loved the Lord with all of his heart. And every time you see Peter and the Lord is near, what's Peter wanting to do? He's wanting to be where Jesus is. You know, brethren, we ought to emulate that. We ought to have a desire to walk where Jesus walks. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. And so the word of God says, Peter answered him, said, verse 28, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. I just don't think I would have thought about that, do you? But Peter had such a great desire to be where Jesus was. That that's the first thing he thought of. I need to walk on the water to go see Jesus and to be with him. And so the Bible says, he said, come. Now, brethren, when Jesus said, come, he, he not only invited Peter to come where he was at, but he also gave him the power to do it. He gave him the power to do it. Peter couldn't walk on water, but Jesus could. Peter couldn't walk on water, but he could walk on water if Jesus let him walk on water. And what I want to, the point I want to make about that is, brethren, there's a lot of things in our own lives that we look at and we think, my, this job is too big or, or this is too hard or, or how could I do this? How can I go maybe inviting folks to church and telling them about Jesus? Or how can I uh, be the kind of Christian that, you know, brethren, the way we do it is we do it in the Lord's strength rather than our own. Because the truth is, we don't have the strength to serve God. I look at Panama and I think, my goodness, what a huge job this is. Uh, how can I accomplish the things that I know God wants me to do in Panama? But the truth is, I don't have to worry about that. God has called and he will equip. And he will give me the wisdom that I need and lead me to be able to do the things that I need to do. And brethren, that's not unique to me. It's for anybody that will trust the Lord. God will empower us, won't he, to do his work and to do great things for him. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about miracles or things like that, brethren. I'm talking about uh, having the courage and the boldness and the wisdom to know what to say and when to say it and to, to bring people to Christ uh, so that God can use us in a mighty way to accomplish his purposes. Because we know that we've been left here for a purpose, haven't we? Amen. The Bible teaches us that the church is the body of Jesus Christ. Well, what did Jesus do when he was here? He won souls. And so if this is his body, what does he want the body to do? He wants the body to win souls. And the Bible says that we are members in particular, doesn't it? And so, brethren, it's all of our job to be witnesses for Christ. Uh, and you might say, well, I'm, I'm afraid. That's okay, because God is with you. And brethren, what we can't do in our own strength, God can do, can't he? 
as long as we're willing to submit ourselves to him. And so the Bible says, God said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. You know, it's easy to read an account in the Bible and just read over it and think, well, Peter walked on the water. But can you imagine yourself now in the same position, stepping over the side of the boat and onto the water? I could see myself maybe putting a tentative foot out and seeing if it was solid. Y'all know what I'm saying? Is this really going to work? Is it, am I really going to be able to do this? There's no indication that Peter did that. Peter just got out of the boat and began to walk on the water to go to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great faith to be able to just get out of the boat and walk on the water to go to Jesus? And I want you to notice too, Peter was going to go where Jesus was. He didn't expect Jesus to come to him. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Christians nowadays that want to walk with the Lord, but they tell the Lord, if you'll come over here and walk with me, I'll walk with you. But you know what, brethren? Our responsibility is to walk where Jesus walks. And where Jesus walks is not always the most comfortable place, is it? It's not always the easiest place. Uh, when we think about, for example, God calling men to go to foreign countries, you know, we've got missionaries that have gone to Russia and China and uh, in Turkey and in different places in the world uh, where it's not easy. Uh, Panama is, is, a, is a wonderful place to serve the Lord. Uh, I don't have any fears about going to Panama. Uh, but, you know, brethren, we ought to be willing to go wherever God calls us or do whatever he tells us to do uh, and not be afraid uh, to walk where Jesus walks. And so Peter was willing to walk where Jesus walked. But how many men were in the boat? Well, it wasn't just Peter, was it? What happened to the rest of them? They stayed in the boat. They stayed in the boat. You know, brethren, we don't need to be the Christian that stays in the boat. We need to be the Christian that gets out of the boat and walks with the Lord, don't we? And goes where he tells us to and does what he tells us to do. And is not content to simply sit uh, while Jesus is working. Now, brethren, we ought to love the Lord enough to want to be where he's at. And to be want to be used by him in his ministry. That we might serve him in a great way. Now, that's why I say I, I don't feel like um, I have really sacrificed anything for the Lord. Uh, I feel honored that God will allow me to go serve him in Panama. And to be a part of this great ministry that he's got going there. And again, I don't have any delusions of going in my own strength. Uh, I believe we can do great things through Christ. which strength That's what the Bible says, isn't it? Paul didn't say, I can do all things. He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so we see Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water. The Bible says, but, you know, that word gets us in trouble a lot, doesn't it? Well, I would, but, and there it goes, right? And so the Bible says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now, the question is, did the wind change from the time he got out of the boat and began to walk? Did the waves change? No. <laughs> same wind, same waves. The problem wasn't the wind and the waves. The problem was the focus. Because Peter took his eyes off of the Lord and what God can do, and he began to look at, what Peter was able to do. And the truth is, Peter can't walk on water, can he? 
not unless God does it. And so when Peter took his eyes off of the Lord and he began to look at the problems, y'all ever been there? You ever start a great work for the Lord and then you start looking at all of the problems and the trials and the things that are going to, you know, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can do this. Well, it hadn't changed since the time we began, has it? You know, brother, the only thing we need to know is what God's will is and then just be in it and follow him. Uh, and so Peter took his eyes off of the Lord and he began to look at what Peter could do. And Peter couldn't do anything. So Peter began to sink. You know, I've thought about myself in that situation. If I began to sink, what would I do? Well, the first thing I'd do is I believe I'd start swimming, wouldn't you? Second thing I'd do is I'd look around for where the boat is to get back to the boat. Isn't that the way we are? I like what Peter did. The Bible said that when he began to sink, the first thing he did was cry, Lord, save me. You know, brethren, a lot of times the reason we sink in the waves of trials and tribulations in this life is because instead of turning to the Lord for our strength, we turn to ourselves. And we start to take care of things ourselves. You ever do that? Aren't we all guilty of that? We start out real good and then things start to go wrong and we start to think, well, what am I going to do about this? I've... I don't know how many people I've talked to that had problems in their lives, and they come to me, and they're talking, and the preacher, uh, I've just got so many problems, and I, and I need help, and I, and I don't know what to do. And I ask them, well, have you prayed about it? And you see that blank stare. No. <laughs> Prayer shouldn't be the last resort. It'll be the first. You shouldn't just pray if you can't reach the boat on your own. You shouldn't call unto the Lord. You should call out to the Lord first. Because you know what happened when Peter called out to the Lord? The Bible says immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. I like that. You know, the Lord's not vindictive like we are. If it was us in that position, we might stand there a minute and say, Peter, 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 I tell you what. Why don't you trust me? You know, Peter, I, I'm just so disappointed. The Lord didn't do that. Now, he scolded him afterwards, but the first thing he did was catch him and pull him out of the situation that he was in. Brethren, we've got a God that loves us with all of his heart. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we don't even love ourselves, do we? And yet God loves us with all of his heart. And brethren, God is always there for us. And we don't have to do the work alone. We don't have to get out of the boat on our own strength, and we don't have to do the work that God's called us to do on our own. Brethren, God does the work. All we have to do is trust Him. Trust Him and be used of Him to do His work. Brethren, we are vessels, aren't we? We are, as, as the Bible teaches us in the church, we are the body of Christ. He's the head. He's got it all figured out. All we have to do is obey and do what he tells us to do. And you know what will happen? Great things will be done. Because of our head, Jesus Christ. And I'm excited about Panama, not because of what I can do, but because of what I know God can do. And the work that he can accomplish there. And so he stretched out his hand and he caught him. And said unto him, O thou of little faith. 
Now, just a minute ago, I said Peter had great faith. Every one of y'all is nodding in agreement. Now the Lord says you have little faith. So why did we think he had great faith and the Lord thought he had little faith? Well, it's because he started with great faith. When he got out of that boat, that was great faith. But you know, brethren, God doesn't expect us just to start. He expects us to finish. And Peter didn't finish. Did he start well? He started well. He got right out of that boat, didn't he? Great faith. But great faith is only great faith when it goes all the way to the end. Now, if Peter had gotten to Jesus, he would have had great faith. If he'd accomplished what God told him he could do, that would have been great faith. Brother, a lot of times we're that way. We start out with what we feel is great faith, and then we falter part way through. Brother, we don't need to falter in the Lord's work, do we? We need to finish. We need to finish well. It's sad to see how many churches have closed their doors. It's sad to see how many pastors aren't pastoring anymore. It's sad to see how many casualties there are in the warfare that we're engaged in. Brethren, we don't have to be a casualty. We can have great success as long as we trust the Lord. As long as we go in His strength. And then the Bible says... When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Brethren, Jesus was not just a man, was he? He was the living God, made flesh, that he might give his life a ransom for many. Brethren, he is the head over the church. And I'm talking about each individual body, wherever it's at, has the same head, Jesus Christ. And brethren, in his strength, we can do great things. In his strength, many souls can be won. In our strength, not so much. (laughs) Brethren, let's not be folks that sit in a boat while the Lord's work's being done. Let's get out of the boat with Peter. And let's go walk where Jesus walks. And let's bring honor and glory to his name. And let's get the job done that God has called us to do. Let's do so many years ago and watched what God has done and thought about all of the uh, all of the many folks that uh, at different times have have surrendered to the mission field one of the great joys in attending the missions conference at Rogers Baptist in Garland over the years was you know you go there each year and uh, inevitably there would be someone that would surrender their life to the mission field and I can remember Brother Sam Varghese and just all kinds of names pop into my mind uh, Gary Hampton you know Brother Gary and Gene Humphrey they 
were raised there in that area and I, I can remember them uh, trusting Christ as their Savior and now they've you know gone off and doing a, a great work for the Lord and it's just so exciting to, to, to see what God's doing and and I was thinking about Panama what you said two million in Panama proper and then another two million out in the surrounding area there you think about four million people and uh, and the unique opportunity that that we'd already learned about of the getting the government backing and allowing uh, folks to go into the public school with the curriculum that designed by independent Baptist straight out of the Bible and to take that into the public schools and I've got to tell you I've I've never heard of anything like that. I really haven't. It might have happened somewhere, but not anywhere that I know of that you get a government supporting something like that. This is a an, an opportunity uh, unlike anything that uh, that I've seen. There could be a hundred. Think about it. Four million people. You could drop a hundred Baptist preachers over there in that area and still not reach everybody. And I think we ought to, you know, just keep praying that God will keep sending folks over there. Uh, we need to capitalize on that that opportunity. So you pray for Brother Tim and, of course, for Brother Creech and all of those involved and, and, and pray that God will raise up others uh, that will be willing to go. I don't know what God might be speaking to you about. I know uh, one young lady here tonight is... Uh, has something to, uh, to to say, so to speak, and uh, we're going to sing a verse of invitation. If God's speaking to your heart, some business you need to take care of, why, this is your opportunity. You come.